0: Broadcasting from the Vegas Video Network studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Awkward Silence 2.1. And now, our favorite host in this particular time spot, it's Brandon Gooch Han. Hello. Welcome to yet another thrilling edition of Awkward Silence 2.1 right here on the Vegas Video Network. I'm your host, Brandon Gooch Han. There it is, right over there. You feel like emailing us? Go ahead, Boots. We got that set up for you. Awkward at VegasVideoNetwork.com. Awkward at VegasVideoNetwork.com. Plus, we have a phone number you can call, which never gets used, but that's besides the point. I still got to throw it out. 866-966-4599. 866-966-4599. And let's not forget, we also have replays of your favorite internet show that you can catch on YouTube, Roku, iTunes, and the VegasVideo Network.com. By the way, your favorite show is Awkward Silence 2.1. I just made sure I had to throw that out there. Beat it into your head. Subliminal advertising. And now without any further ado, I think it's time for the seamless segue to camera number two. <laughs> Hi. It's good to see you wore pants. So, in entertainment news, Grammy Award winning Chris Brown, who recently made headlines in 2009 for the felony assault against his girlfriend, Rihanna, recently walked into a hair care center and asked the girl behind the counter for her phone number. And then he followed it up with, I promise I won't beat you. Okay, ladies, I think you're smart enough to know that if Chris Brown promises to not beat you, he's going to beat you. Unlike the Cleveland Browns, on the other hand, if they promise to not beat you, they're going to keep that promise because they beat no one. And a brand new study has come out to reveal that senior citizens have a difference of opinion than younger people when it comes to dating. You see, senior citizens are more interested in compatibility as opposed to sexual prowess. Now, that makes perfect sense because when you're young, what do you want to do? You want to find someone to grow old with. Well, what happens when you're already old? you got to find someone to take that next journey with you, which just so happens to be uh, them holding your hand while you're laying on your deathbed. I'm just saying, 80-year-old people, they're not going to be into sex. They're 80. That means they're going to be banging other 80-year-old people, and they don't want to see you naked just as much as you don't want to see them naked. Hey, Maude, you feel like having sex tonight Uh, with you? No. How about a game of backgammon instead? Ooh, I'll grab the dice. Friday night's going to be off the chain. And another study reveals that 50% of single women actually carry around a pair of panties in their purse just in case. So in other words, if a woman goes on a date with a nice young chap and the date starts to go surprisingly well, she'll lean over and tell her date, excuse me, i got to use the ladies' room. I really need to take a shit. But in actuality, she's going to go to the ladies' room and change it to a thong because she plans on coughing up the beef that night. You know what I'm saying, five people watching. Now here's the thing. I'm just here to tell you, ladies, it doesn't matter. There has never been a guy in the history of sex that has managed to get a girl's pants off and then he freaked out because she was wearing granny panties. It doesn't matter to us. It doesn't matter what you got going on underneath your jeans. As long as it's not a dick, we're happy. It doesn't matter what kind of panties you got on. They're just going to end up bunched up next to my bed where my chihuahua's probably going to try and chew out the crotch. It's inevitable. Hey, and speaking of eating, eating healthy is all the craze here in Sin City, Las Vegas, along with America. And we have our very own Courtney Leone. She's going to tell us where to eat. What's going on, Court?
1: Hi, Peggy. You- mm-hmm. Yeah. What? I'm sorry, I was just finishing my organic apple. Wanted to savor the overpriced flavor as it went down. Mmm, got it. Where are you at? Uh, The Henderson Pavilion at the Farmer's Market. Every Friday you can catch local art, music, and food.
0: What's the difference between a regular apple and an organic apple?
1: No pesticides, and it's way more expensive. And as we all know, more money means it's better, right?
0: (laughs) Will it prevent cancer? No. What about AIDS? No. What about cholera?
1: Cholera? It's pronounced cholera, moron.
0: What about cholera?
1: No, do people even still get that?
0: Well, then what's the point?
1: Look, it's supposedly better for you. I'm not really sure how. So go buy something organic from a farm grown in or around the desert.
0: Uh, Can't I just go to Whole Foods and pay $4 for an apple?
1: You can, and you probably should. There's a guy there that gives massages, and I let him massage me if you know what I'm saying.
0: You're going to have sex with that smelly hippie?
1: No, I let him massage me. You're a dick sometimes.
0: Courtney Leone, everyone.
1: I think we can all agree it's still a little unseasonably appropriate for um, a farmer's market.
0: Yeah. So we're going to be back with our headliner in just a little bit, but for now, a station ID. And now our headliner. You may have seen our headliner on The Soup, uh, VH1, and he's actually on a brand new show, Disney XD, called Lab Rats. It's Hell Sparks! Yay! Look at him! He's right... You're going to be headlining down at the Riviera Starlight Theater tonight through Sunday.
2: Absolutely. Come on down if you can find it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hope to make it on time for the show because I can't find it either. Right. I have no idea where this theater is. I've been in it nine times already. I still don't know where it is. Can
0: you just leave a trail of Reese's pieces to the door?
2: No, because they get eaten by the like the down-and-out gamblers who have nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried breadcrumbs, crackers. They'll snort anything. Just, I'm so
0: broke. I need food. Yeah, yeah right. Money so, doesn't taste good.
2: Yeah, I've got. To, I'll figure something out eventually, <laughs> or whatever. I think. I, I, Basically, I think I'm going to plant something radioactive, you know, like plutonium or something in there, and just use a Geiger counter to find my way there. Mm, tick, 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 exactly. Tick, that'll work.
0: I like your attitude. Yeah, thank See, you. This is what house sparks up. It's us. dangerous. It's called break the mold, people. And Absolutely. that's what you got to do to make it in this. Yes. I, I try to think outside the cylinder. <laughs> So you got a lot going on. You got a brand new show on the Disney XD lab Yep.
2: All it's right. fantastic and genius and funny and, and uh it's actually uh even though it's on you know Disney X D it's obviously aimed at kids, the the creators are two of the producers from that seventies show mm-hmm. and the exec producer is the guy who created that seventies show. So it's actually aimed at grown ups more almost than kids. Right. So it's a, like the the family can watch and laugh. I'm a big fan of like old Warner Brothers cartoons because you know they put in jokes that were like uh, you know, aimed at adults over the kids' heads. Yeah. We do that a lot.
0: Well, there would be, like, you're talking about the old Warner Brothers cartoons. I mean, you watch some of those cartoons compared to now. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God, they would have, like, Bugs Bunny doing Al Jolson. I mean, you do that. Like, Shut yeah. up, Bugs. Right. You're going to get the wrong idea. Right. Well, you know,
2: they did get the wrong idea back then. N- they were for it. You know, that's the, right. that was <laughs> the problem. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They, they, like, that would be so offensive. It was, it is offensive. It was offensive then. But the people it offended had no power.
0: Right. They, you know right. what I mean? They
2: could barely eat, much less complain about what was being played at the movie house. Like, <laughs> you know, you're the, what are you going to worry about the cartoon that's played before the movie you can't afford to go to or aren't allowed to go in the theater and watch? You don't even know you what's even like, going they're on. They're making yeah. fun of me in there. We'll make fun of you out here. Like, <laughs> it's like making fun of the Amish <laughs> You can't even what use you the water do? fountain where you're complaining <laughs> about the cartoons. So <laughs> understand that this idea that somehow it was. It was so much simpler back then without all this political correctness and, and with lynching. Like, you know what I mean? Like, at a certain point, you gotta go, it was wrong. <laughs> right, right. Yeah.
0: You know, um, one thing about you, like a lot of people, uh, well, a lot of people in California know you do rock and roll, you're a singer. Yep. Uh, you got your own band. Metal band?
2: Zero One. Yep, yep absolutely. The word zero, the number one. Okay. Um, yeah, our, uh, the debut album's being released March 28th. Um, re-release because I, I released it like indie on my own label uh, a couple years ago but we're adding uh, four acoustic tracks to it and then the new album comes out July 31st and then Halloween we have an, uh, an EP coming out that's cover songs it's, uh, it's called Monsterversy it's six songs by six different artists that were banned for six different reasons mm. so they're it, and they're all songs that I don't think should have been banned
0: like, Me So Horny? N-
2: no, that who gives a crap. But, the, <laughs> but like, Suicide Solution by oh, okay. Ozzy, for example. Like, they won't play that on the air because the word suicide is in it, even though it's an anti-drinking song. Right. It's technically not. It's, it's positive. It's actually a, a well-thought-out. He's saying that drinking is a suicide solution to your problems. But nobody cares, they just heard the word suicide and they but just away. But that's usually how
0: it goes. Right. I mean, it's the same thing when uh, people get upset by a joke. Like, you'll say something in the joke and, oh! But you're completely forgetting like every, the lead up to that and all of a sudden people get the wrong idea. They always want to catch on to the last part of the song. Uh, yeah,
2: well, I had, a, uh, I had a joke about the date rape drug for a long time and it was i right, caught caught yeah. caught uh, we hit, no I, we're not talking about uh, that um, no yeah sorry the uh, and 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 the way i did it originally i literally had to reverse the punchline and put it in front mm. so that the audience wasn't wouldn't think i was pro roofy
0: mm-hmm.
2: when the the obviously if you watch for the last half hour there is nothing i've said that would lead you to believe that i am pro roofy in right. any way <laughs> And so but people would go, "Oh." And I'm like, "You don't even know why you're moaning." Right. You right. don't even you're groaning about a joke and you don't even you just you heard a word and you went, "Oh." And you're like, "I'm di-. that's like watching the news and somebody goes, "There's war in Syria." And the the word war comes up, "Oh."
0: oh, oh, oh. Whoa. Or, like, we're not for it, dickhead. We're just telling you it's there. But that's, what it, that's exactly what it is. It's just right. like one word. And they, just like in the, other, the songs that you were bringing up, what are some of the other tracks that you got
2: going um, on? Well, we're doing Absolutely. Better By You, Better Than Me, the Judas Priest song. It was actually initially That was a the cover. one where they, they... The two kids supposedly had backward masking that told hmm. them to commit suicide. The, the, and it wasn't, and it didn't, and it clearly didn't. And when they, the judge said the only thing they could discernibly hear in the song that, was, that they could make out was the words, do it. Mm-hmm. Well, do what do you know. Open your own coffee bean. You know, there's.
0: Right. That, why does that immediately? <laughs> Can
2: it head? be positive? Do it. Yeah. yeah. But I should buy shoes. You know, you I know should what I mean? mow the lawn. Is Nike now you right. know driving ah, everyone to suicide? Yeah. You know, ultimately. So that was absurd. Um, we're doing um, uh, She Bop, the the Cindy Lauper song, mm-hmm. which is about females masturbating because they do. But the but it was on the it was on the PMRC. Let's season. get Courtney
0: on the phone. Does she? It was on the
2: PMRC's Dirty Dozen. It was on the list of the, the 12 worst songs to come out that year. The 12, and this is the year, by the way, Cannibal Corpse released their second record. So, I mean, you and, you, the, the idea that you could have a Cyndi Lauper song in that year... Was one of the top twelve songs that was horrible, and it's just simply about well, dancing with
0: myself by Billy Idol. Exactly was I mean, he's basically saying I'm jerking off and right. flushing it down. You know, I mean, it's well, like, my
2: best friend by Jellyfish is probably the single greatest masturbation theme song ever. You know, the he's literally singing a song to his right hand and his penis. It's really funny, <laughs> but but the idea it's is a that romantic gesture. the idea that the PMRC went this is terrible. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, this is, this might as well be a snuff film. This, (laughs) you're like, calm down. I understand that there's a level, there are things you say in front of children and you don't say in front of children. Mm -hmm. There are things you don't do in front of children and old people that you do on your own. And it's understand, and I have no problem with setting standards for that kind of behavior and going, okay, the airwaves are one thing, cable is another thing, the internet is another thing. And, and, but at a certain point, when you're overreacting to it, you're actually drawing more negative attention to it than you would have in the first place. And the idea, you know, like a virgin came out and there was, remember that big firestorm? Because what if my daughter, or my son comes up and goes, what's a virgin? Like, then you tell them. Yeah, right.
0: I don't know. Well, I, it's just, I think what it is, is um, mm-hmm. parents, they freak out, especially when entertainment, you know, music in general, uh, they're the ones that are breaking down uh, the birds and the bees of these kids mm-hmm. and then by the time the parents Almost have the conversation with them
2: it's too late yeah yeah well the you know Dylan Radigan was talking yesterday on MSNBC about how the, the fact that most of the problem we have with you know gay rights in this country or or the contraceptive issue that just came out has to do with the fact that we're so uncomfortable about talking about sex mm-hmm. that the entire that America is based on that you know the puritan idea you know the literally religious fanatics coming from England because they weren't fanatical enough there right right um, coming here to be nutty, the Quakers, the pilgrims themselves were all way off the charts wow. and and so we 're born from that in some respect, mm-hmm. and we 've never quite gotten over it and so there 's this kind of like as uh, you know. But then Alan Watts says that, you know, Christianity is the deepest form of kink because nothing's kinkier than making sex dirty. Mm. If sex is just a normal act between two people, it loses excitement oh, it's, for it's,
0: it's the same thing when you got to have a beer before you were twenty one. It's so much tastier. Right, and exactly. That, and then
2: after that you're like, this is just making me fat mm. and slow. <laughs> Um, and it was making you fat and slow before that, you just didn't see it coming right. because you were too new. It was just
0: much more enjoyable back then. Well, because you but,
2: could tell yourself you weren't getting fat and slow. <laughs>
0: I'm beautiful.
2: Right, yeah, and so are you.
0: <laughs> so uh, I was going to ask you, uh, what do you, what do you enjoy doing more, or what are you more proud of, Either your stand-up career or the fact that you have made it and you actually have a following in the rock and roll world? Now. Yeah, you know,
2: each one is, they're so separate. They're, you know, they're, All of them are different expressions of, of, of emotion and art. Like you can do things in playing in a metal band you can't do in stand-up. There's just no way they'll cross over. You can be, You can do annoyance
0: mm-hmm.
2: in stand-up. You can't do annoyance in music. You can right. do rage in music. And you can do sorrow in music. But you can't do rage and sorrow mm-hmm. during stand-up. There's a variance in level of, and both are important though. You gotta deal with your the things that annoy you and the things you're enraged about. You can't crisscross a lot of times or you lose your audience. And stand up is for the place things you're annoyed at and, mm. and you find you know don't fit socially with what you're trying to do. And you can I mean Bill Hicks and people like that have gotten to the point where they can you can deal with those issues in a heavy way, but you have to deliver them. In a way that they're just annoying.
0: Right, right.
2: If you get to rage, it's not funny anymore. It's scary. But a, yeah, it's sad actually. Mm-hmm. You know, you you go, okay, this isn't stand up anymore, and you can see it when people get to that point. Right. You know,
0: like Kramer when he flipped out. You know, well, that yeah. was
2: different. That was just panic, and right. it, uh, that, that's what happens. And you've done stand up for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see a new guy go past his comfort zone, mm-hmm. the panic that sets in, and that's exactly what happened. He thought he could, he thought he could leap from open micer to Lenny Bruce. Right. In that moment. Because Lenny Bruce could have that moment and get away with it. Doug Stanhope could get away with that moment and have it. I, you know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, uh, the, no, way I,
0: he, but the way but he... Not,
2: but he could make that statement. He, they wouldn't do it the way he did it. Right, right. Okay. They would deliver, they would, it would be a totally different package. But what I mean is he could address what he was trying to address if he had 25 years of stand-up mm-hmm. under his belt. He's a comic actor And a good one, a damn good one. I mean, I loved him on Fridays. I loved him in UHF with Weird Al Yankovic, and I liked him on Seinfeld. There's a big difference between that and stand-up. Being there by yourself, you know, working without a net, just you know, delivering. And and you can't, you know, stand-up is a time game. You can't skip the steps. You can't go. I just started, and I'm ready for an hour, or I'm ready for my next hour, or the hour after that. It takes years to get it. It's like almost your nervous system has to be cured. Over time mm-hmm. to deal with it, and he thought he could leap past that point because I've been on Seinfeld for right, you know, t- 12 years or whatever it was, and you can't. No. And when you try, it's like watching Evil Knievel jump a chasm that he has no business. You know what I mean? I'm gonna instead of doing a rocket motorcycle that I've designed and built for this task of jumping the Grand Canyon, I'm gonna try it on a pedal bike right, and yeah. just convince myself. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that I can make it and just uh, get the red, and white go. and blue costume I'm doing and, and then uh, and the uh, whole oh. world is going, wow, and it would probably get just as many hits as Kramer's rants, so probably. I mean it's because like, that's what America loves, like you know
2: uh, yeah, because we have gossip is a disease well, yeah. and 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 it's better than dealing with your own issues,
0: you know what speaking of that <laughs> I, speaking of I like I like this segue because you were talking yeah. about speaking of your own issues, you're straight edge, right? yeah, and one thing. And, I mean, that means uh, no alcohol, no, no drugs. drugs, nothing. No smoking. Right. No smoking, nothing. Uh, but you're a huge marijuana advocate. Yeah. Like, you, 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 you were one of the guys at the forefront of it saying, because, I mean, obviously, you know, you're a voice, you're a celebrity. And having someone like you on their side means mm-hmm. a lot. And it means, and honestly, I think it's a, I think it's a great thing for someone who's not to come out and say hey look we can use it to make clothes and paper and we could save all this money doing it this way because instead of having some you know moron rock singer you know come in clearly it was, yeah well, you
2: know. well, that's the problem that you know I work with the Mar- marijuana policy project MPP and they're one of the biggest advocates they in normal um, and uh, are the two big you know legalization organizations in the country and to me it's a fiscal issue and a public health issue a, I mean beyond the end of, you know the idea that whatever you do to your body as long as you don't get behind the wheel of a car mm. or operate heavy machinery or try to operate a crane while you're stoned that that's you know then it's none of my business. If you don't show up for work and you can't get a job or whatever, that's it's not affecting me long term. Mm. That's your responsibility, that's your life. If you get behind a car, you get arrested just like drinking. That's there's no mystery to it. But in the state of Nevada for example, you're looking at what is it? it? Probably your starting teacher salaries, probably twenty grand, twenty-three grand, something like that. It costs fifty thousand dollars a year to house a nonviolent drug offender. Mm. To for court appeals, public defender, um, the actual prison space, whether they're in state, county, or, or they they're sent up to the federal level, or, you know, to the, or the penitentiary, the state penitentiary. So. You take one pothead out of jail, you can afford two teachers in a classroom. And what's going to help you long-term to curtail a, a drug abuse problem? Because not all use is abuse. Just like everybody who drinks isn't an alcoholic, not everybody who smokes pot is a pothead or is, or is a drug addict. just—I mean And to oversimplify and say you are is a lie. And it's more dangerous, I think, when they make pot a class A drug like heroin or something mm-hmm. like that. It's way more dangerous because you tell kids... Pot will kill you. Pot is the same as heroin. Pot and heroin, it's all drugs. Drugs are bad, whatever. They're going to get pot at some point from somebody, and they're going to try it, and it won't kill them. And then they're going to go, well, maybe they're full of shit about heroin. Maybe they're lying about meth, and they'll try that stuff. Lying is the gateway drug, not pot. Mm -hmm. If you tell them pot is different, pot is a plant... It's smoked, you ingest it, it's much more simple. It's not a good idea, I'm not for it. Yeah. But heroin is synthesized, and, and you don't know who's put it together, and you don't know what's in it for real, and they can lace it with PCP and all kinds of stuff, and it's bad. This, you know, this is more akin to drinking. I don't want you to drink and drive. I don't want you to drink before you're 21. I want your brain to have time to form before you start chemically adding to it. That's a logical conversation. Yeah. You have that with a kid, It doesn't, it's not like a Santa Claus conversation where they go, oh, they're lying about Jesus, and they were lying about Santa. Maybe they're lying about this, too. You just build distrust <laughs> with your parents, you know? So to me, it's just an honesty issue, you know? Right. Just to, like Don't fucking lie to your kids about that. Just go, I don't want you to do it because your brain's not done being, mm-hmm. being
0: built. Well, how, yeah. how, how difficult is it to talk to someone who is just dead set? I know it's a drug, it's illegal, and bad people do it. I, like, because obviously you just presented. I mean, yeah. I'm on your side, and I I just heard a pretty airtight argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, how difficult is it talking to somebody like that? Well, I mean, it, the truth just, is, the,
2: the truth is, you just have to say them. You know, people who smoke pot regularly, mm-hmm. they just don't talk to you about it because you're such a narc
0: about it. Right.
2: And if they could be more open about it. Maybe they would be more comfortable around you. Maybe they would have deeper friendships, and they wouldn't wouldn't need to smoke weed so much. Right, right, right. Maybe they're using that as a crutch socially because they're uncomfortable in their life, and it's another form of comfort, just like drinking is. And maybe if you could communicate more, you wouldn't need it. Maybe you could express your own feelings of love and hate and and regret and all these things, and you could tell them to people you trust. You don't need to be high to do it. Just like if you have confidence in yourself, you don't need to be drunk to pick up somebody Mm -hmm. or meet somebody, you know, on a romantic level. Right. So I just think it, you have to be honest about the level of what it is. And then you have to go, look, I don't need it regardless. And and users sometimes are, are harder about it because, you know, Rogan and I have had this back and forth about it because he's a big fan of using and he and Doug mm-hmm. are into DMT and really the high-end stuff. And they seem to believe that, you are you minus pot if you don't smoke it, as opposed to they are they plus pot, which, I, you know what I mean? You're, mm. I think life is a zero-sum yeah. game. You start as you. Everything else is an addition. Unless you need it like food and water, everything else is a choice to add. And it's not like you're missing out. Because you're not missing out. You're you. They're adding something, and that's their opinion, and they're welcome to it. But...
0: But in theory, see, I yeah. hear that. I hear that kind of opinion where it's like, I'm just not the same without it. That's just someone who's just making up excuses. That's for lazy. Everyone to right. it's just to buy into what they're saying. Now, granted, I know people out there that tell them to tell me all the time, I can't go on stage unless I've had a bowl or two. And I'm like, all right, well, I can't do that.
2: Well, obviously, so. all you're doing is curtailing what your brain does. You're obviously you're too nervous. So you need to work on your nerves. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, your brain will shift the same way if you learn to meditate, too. Well, what do they say so, to that, it, though? It, well, it just takes too much work.
0: Right, right.
2: I mean, what are you going to tell you? Uh, like, you can rent or you can build your house from scratch. If you build your house from scratch, you get to keep it. If you rent, anybody can take it away from you any That's the difference between doing drugs and not doing drugs. If you build the house yourself mentally, if you build what ability supposedly drugs give you, calm, you know, uh, so, lack of social awkwardness, you know, feeling more uh, socially accepted so you can act out in the world. Mm -hmm. Those are all traits you can build in your own psychology. But if you don't bother to build them at some point, you won't have that thing and you're done. You end up being like Popeye without spinach. There's an element of... I mean, that was arguably one of the biggest gateway drug uh, cartoons ever, was Popeye, because he just had nothing unless he took the herb. Basically, (laughs) if you really think about it. And, And so I think ultimately you have to take responsibility for the fact that you are... You make what your brain does. Either you do it through something external, like drinking, or you just choose to change your mind, and that's always the better choice. Well, because it builds a it builds a skill and a strength.
0: Uh, I got another question. Why haven't you gotten into any kind of motivational speaking? I mean, <laughs> Jesus.
2: I, you know, I, I, you know what? It's interesting. I kind of have, in some ways, just that you know. It's, it's funny because... I want to change my whole life around is what I want to do. I just want to go
0: home and... I don't need you, pot! Well, video games and laughter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, here's the thing. You know, I, I love playing video games. I love uh, hanging out with friends. I love doing all the things you would almost associate mm. with somebody who smokes or drinks or whatever. I just don't do it. Mm-hmm. And it never has become a necessity. As a matter of fact, it's always been better... I feel closer to the people I'm around.
0: Well, the funny thing about it is, is whenever, uh, I used to be heavy in the pot, loved it, and um, still do kind. Of. But it's like, but the thing is, is when I remember when I quit, I remember I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, because every pothead has, I'm I'm going to get my life back on track or whatever. So um, when I stopped doing it every day, my pothead friends were like upset, Mm -hmm. like I just cheated on them or something, you know?
2: That's true of any step you make, no matter what. I mean, it's not, it's not exclusive to pot. If you work in an environment and you get the promotion because you bust your ass to get that promotion, there's going to be a level amongst your coworkers of, fuck him. Mm-hmm. And actors run into this a lot because you get used comics to Comics run into it. Yeah, that. right. Yeah. You, you run around with a group of comics. You all came up together. You're all busting your hump. One of you breaks through. When I got talk soup, that was the thing that, you know, that I, uh, it was shocking. But everybody took like two steps back. They immediately, there was this weird, suddenly I wasn't me. I was somebody else. Because they all thought, well, we're supposed to fail together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you bust through, there's a little bit of, it, it, it makes them, yeah, they have two choices. They have to believe you're special, or they have to believe they're not working hard enough. Mm-hmm. And it's way easier to believe you're special because it lets them off the hook. Right. And most people will go there. And the same thing with with anybody you drink with or you use with. They're going to kind of go, well, we're all, this is, nobody can really shake it. Mm-hmm. And if you shake it, then they have to go, well, he's different. He didn't really, he wasn't ever one of us. Versus, you know, I could shake it too if I just got off my ass and tried. And that's true like I said, almost everywhere. Whether you play, pick up basketball with friends, and you just happen to be really good, and you go, right. I'm gonna actually go play on a semi-pro team. You know, right. like, what, the, what are you talking about? I'm gonna about? go play on the WNBA. Right. Yeah. Have a life. Yeah. It's you know, it's it's a different animal. So
0: be, uh, we got to get going, but I got to ask you one more question. Mm-hmm. So uh, Betty White made all these headlines because she said, uh, Why do people say grow some balls? Right. Balls are it, weak the, and sensitive yeah. vaginas. That was not Betty White's line. No. That was how Sparks' line in his DVD Charmageddon. Yeah. Like, when you hear people say that, you're like, ooh, Betty White. No. You're lucky you're 90 or I'd kill you.
2: Well, you know know the nice thing about social media now, which is, like, I had a joke stolen by Bill Maher's writers in the 90s. And it ended up on the list of the top 100 jokes of all time in GQ Mm -hmm. uh, attributed to him from the show, from real time. I mean, from Politically Incorrect. And I, that was when I was, like, open-miking in L.A., right. and these writers from his show used to come down and just take notes. Yeah. And it was, I mean, they'd sit in the back with their fucking jackets on, writing down everybody's jokes, just not, not just mine. Mm-hmm. And you just, we'd watch, you know, two weeks later, your joke would be on the air, because we're all writing new stuff. We're all building acts, build stuff, you know, whatever's in the news. It's an open mic, so you're trying to come up with the new hot joke or build it up. You know, and I had this joke about Kevorky, and it ended up in that, and I had no recourse. I was mm-hmm. nobody. Compared to that. And it was just kind of like, well, tough shit. Right. But now with Twitter and those kind of things, I had more people, you know, leaping to my defense. And I didn't have to do anything myself. They're like, that's not her. That's from him. And she, you know, she had somebody write that for her on a bit, you know, on a sketch. And that was lifted from his. It wasn't even her fault. Right. You know what I mean? It wasn't Betty White that said that. That was, you know, that was a writer lifting my bit Mm -hmm. and giving it to her because her saying that is hilarious. And that's fine. It, to some degree, I don't blame her at all. She's wonderful and I think the right. her, the arc of her career is something we could all aspire to. I hope to God when I'm her age I'm having an, a third renaissance or whatever yeah. in my career. Good, for, you know, her So but the writers were all, you know, comedy writers can be some of the worst because when they get in a pinch and can't come up with something, they troll stand-up shows. Oh, for shows, sure, yeah. And they pick on people who aren't known. That's the only times that, you know, it Changes when they you know they go after somebody like me or they lift an Eddie Izzard bit or they lift something like that and you go wait a minute that's that's his bit mm-hmm. that's it that was on this special and all of his fans go well, yeah. no way but the worst is when they go to the open mics yeah and they, they go- attack
0: the people that are trying openers, to up yeah, yeah. openers sad. are
2: it's like a shark feeding frenzy mm-hmm. and it's the worst and I've seen it so many times I'm like that's my friend Mike Bundy's joke mm-hmm. I've saw him do it I saw you fuckers in the audience Writing when they did it yeah and and it's on TV the next week and now he's had his yeah an awesome bit just sniped now it's been on the air not attributed to him now now everybody's like that was one of you know that was on Leno the other night yeah. you're like yeah it was on Leno I wrote it yeah. no no you know <laughs> it's really frustrating and I, like i said i'm glad i broke through cuz i have some recourse but who i really get pissed for is the guys who are humping trying, trying to, trying to find, and yeah. you know cuz they're good and then they try to break through and you have these guys who sucked at stand-up and are now writing monologues mm. for the late-night guys or other folks. Bo- those are the guys who are the worst because they failed at what those guys are trying to do mm. and they just go in and feed they off. Have it's no, awful no scruples. Yeah. None. Well, We've thrown we, them out before. We've, we used to dude. chuck them out of uh, a called The kindness of Strangers, literally shirt-collared them
0: out the door. Well done. Yeah. American. So <laughs> he's got a black belt, too. I'll kick you in the face. Three of them. <laughs> That's another show. I like that. Three of them. Back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, how uh, before we leave, we like to play a little game. It's called Three Under 30. This is where I ask the guests three questions that you have to answer in under 30 seconds. Okay. All right. Here we go. We got it ready? Ready. All right. Here we go. First question. Who played Arnold Drummond on different strokes?
2: Arnold Drummond? Oh, uh, uh, well, I mean, Gary Coleman. There you go. There you go. A, I, All right. He, I, he should just be left at just playing. He was a security <laughs> guard in Hollywood as well. I mean. Keep that in mind. Right.
0: Who is the lead singer of Zero One? Uh, who's think that about guy? it, There's think God. about it. Oh, yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. All right, now finish this song lyric. I believe the children are the future.
2: Treat them well and let them lead the way. No, I'm sorry. It's <clears throat> bitches ain't
0: shit, but hoes and tricks look on these nuts and suck the dick. Uh, oh, you were so close. You know what? You were so close. I just don't know pop music the way mm. you do. Mm. Well, uh, Hal, Sp- Hal Sparks is going to be headlining. Get satellite
2: radio. Otherwise, I won't know any of the tunes he knows. But then, neither does anybody else.
0: Hal Sparks is going to be headlining, done at the Riviera Casino at the Starlight Theater tonight through Sunday. Go check him out. Uh, HalSparks.com, and you can also check him on his brand. Check him out on his brand new Disney show on Disney XD, Lab Rats, mm-hmm. on television right now. Hal Sparks, thank you very much, brother, for coming by. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, sorry we didn't talk about anything substantive. <laughs> Well, next week we'll be back at 1 o'clock right here on the VegasVideoNetwork.com. Don't forget you can catch replays on this show on Roku, iTunes, YouTube, and like I said before, VegasVideoNetwork.com. Next week our guest is Elaine Boozer. We'll see you guys next week, 1 o'clock, VegasVideoNetwork.com. See you guys later. Bye-bye.